Hello and welcome to the latest Tez International Podcast with me, Dan Worth. Today's guest is Matt Payne, the head of lower school at Nord Anglia International School, New York. He joins us to chat about the art of staff induction and how international schools can work to ensure new hires are not only right for the job, but for the school and its setting too. He explains how this starts at the interview stage for his school to sense how candidates may settle into such a fast-paced and bustling city, how they help them settle in quickly and support them through the numerous administrative tasks they will face, and why a scavenger hunt can be a great way to help people learn their new home. All that and lots more on the latest TES International Podcast. Matt, welcome to the TES International Podcast. Great to chat with you. As we were saying earlier, we've uh, been in many email conversations, but never actually met face-to-face. So uh, listeners obviously can't see us, but we're, we're having a girl chat here about staff induction, which at this time of year, obviously, will probably be top of mind for a lot of people. Um, you're in New York, which seems a fantastic place to sort of base a conversation around induction, because I can't imagine there are many more cities in the world to arrive as a new member of staff in a school and have that absolute excitement, but maybe also lots of nerves and apprehension and, and questions and concerns. So obviously, we know where you're based, but tell us a bit more specifically your role, um, how long you've been there, how you come to be where you are, and then we'll go into the, the discussion a bit more from there. Cool. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to talk with you and do this podcast. Um, So as you said, my name's Matt, and I'm here in New York City. I work here at an international school where I am part of the SLT team, and I'm a class-based teacher. So I am head of lower school, which is part of my senior leadership role, and then also teaching the year four class. As we've said, I'm here in New York City, which is an absolutely fantastic city to be in. It's really, really exciting to be here. But it's a very interesting, unique city in the sense that it can be a tough place to live. It's very full on and very stressful. And there's a certain magic and charm that you can see throughout the city. Mm. But there's lots of other parts of it as well that make the city what it is. So it certainly is a really interesting city to come and live in and 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 work in. One that I really, really love, but then also having spent years here now, have that a bit more of an understanding of the rhythms of the city and the beat you have to kind of get used to when living here. So we're going to talk about today the induction process of mm. new the staff coming in and it's something that does need to be thought about quite carefully as we get new arrivals arriving in the city i think the first point to talk about with new york is we hire british teachers so we're we're based mainly within like the british like the english national curriculum and then british based teachers come over so one of the things that i find immediately stands out about new york city is that it has a fairly similar culture to the UK. You know, we speak the same language here, which is the first and foremost, you know, really big point, because if you're going to somewhere like, uh, let's just say, a China school, the language barriers there when you're out and about in the culture are going to, of course, exist, where you might be going to markets or... Mm or communicating with people that might not necessarily speak English. So the first thing is New York speaks English, which removes one of the biggest barriers when you move into these international destinations. But America has that global 
identity that everyone can kind of know and recognize, especially, I think, in British culture. Like we've all grown up watching American sitcoms and TV. So yeah. we're all familiar with like dollars and we're all familiar with, with what it looks like to be America, especially with New York. It's, it's a setting for so much. I mean, who hasn't seen Friends? You know, so everyone's got a bit of a familiarity of what America is, what the US is, and what New York is, and what it's like, you know, with the yellow taxi cabs driving down the streets and people bustling through Midtown um, with their morning coffees. And and it, it builds up part of that identity and culture. But there's also parts to it, like when you move to New York, you very, very quickly realize that the apartment sizes that they've got in Friends are absolutely mythical. And they do not <laughs> exist without being some sort of banker or hedge fund manager. There's no way you're going to be able to afford that kind of location. That's kind of safe for the, for the millionaires. And yes. Probably more billionaires. Yeah, yeah. So it is really as that kind of encapsulation of what the city is before we move into the interview and, and the question you yes. asked, we, we talk about that. That background of the city is so interesting because there are so many similarities to the cities in the UK, especially here in the northeast of the US. I feel like there's a bit of a like cultural overlap. But then at the same time, there's so many of these like little differences that you might not be expecting or you might not fully understand because it's been romanticized in a certain way when you're watching certain movies around like around Christmas time and the and the streets of New York all covered with snow. <laughs> it might not necessarily be quite like that when you get here. Yes. Um, and again, this is coming from someone who who really loves the city and loves being here. But sometimes you can see people turn up and think, oh, well, this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. No, I can imagine that. I can imagine that that's sort of a double-edged sword, isn't it? As you're, as you're describing there, is that, you know, if you go to certain parts of the world and you know that it's a completely different culture, you don't really have to expect. In some ways, that's maybe, I don't want to say easier, but it's a, it's a, you, can get your head, you can get your head into a certain space of knowing you're going into the unknown. Whereas if you're coming to New York and you sort of think, what's well, the language the same? I know it from TV. And then, but then you get there and suddenly it's like you're saying the apartments are small the people are and not always as friendly as you might imagine, like which is true of anywhere, but just that kind of sense of, oh, it's New York, I know and love it. And then actually it's not, you know, could imagine that's that sort of very specific to that kind of place. But as you say, there's also probably some good general ideas here around induction and things to do to make that transition there for whether you are in New York or presumably, you know, um, China, you know, the Middle East, wherever, Europe. So from your, how does it work with you then? You've got your staff, new staff coming in. You know they're arriving I don't know, in August time. I mean, let us know, maybe talk about that. But how, when do you sort of start the induction process? Is it, is it I, I presume it's before they get on the plane almost. You know, you're wanting to get that kind of relationship going and get them to understand what they're coming into beyond just the job itself. Yeah, absolutely. And we've now recently started to put a bit more of a focus on the pre- arrival stage well probably a step before that actually with the interview process mm. because as i said with that build up to to what new york is like as a city we now want to make it more clear during the interview process about what that is and what that means to people so for example when we were interviewing our new members of staff which is going back now Oh, it seems like just yesterday, but we're talking months and months ago. Mm. 
we built into the interviews this time around as part of that process of what is the city like and what what as an interviewee what is your and a potential employee what would your expectation be coming into that so what we did was we decided to structure our interview process slightly differently and that we kind of grouped our questions into three chunks and one of those chunks was living in new york um and the, we started those questions by asking first of all have you ever been to new york city before because we just wanted to get a bit of an understanding it was almost more of then like conversational rather than like here's a question let's hear what you have to say because when you come to new york city as a tourist it can be very very different than when you come here to live um so living in new york city we um is very different to being a tourist if you come here and you stay in manhattan and you go into times square and you go to see a broadway show perhaps you you're very much focused in on the souvenirs the tourist spots the glitz and the glam so first of all we just wanted to get an understanding of have you been to new york city before and if so what was that like just so we can kind of explain to people and we got different answers from that so one person for example had been to new york as a tourist twice but the way in which they had done it wasn't staying in a hotel in the middle of manhattan but a friend of theirs had actually moved out a couple of years before and was staying in one of the neighborhoods of brooklyn and this person had turned up and they were staying in this person's apartment sleeping on the sofa um kind of roughing it a little bit to save on the hotel money and that gives us a bit more of a secure sense that they understand what it might be like they've stayed in someone's apartment so they know what the apartment size is going to be like they've taken the train into manhattan so they know what potentially that commute might be like for them if they're staying out in brooklyn they've got a bit of an experience of that away from the tourism they know someone who lives here who can talk to them about mm. the expenses and the and the culture and the day-to-day -day activities so we would start that that part of the interview process by saying like look what do you know about new york city have you ever been here and in what context and then we could ask them what is your expectation of living here because it's an expensive city to live in and you have to think carefully about where you live and how you do that and yes that might be similar in other cities like london but new york as i said in the introduction just has that slightly different beat where people kind of think they've got that expectation going in because of what they've seen and heard and then when they get here it's slightly skewed by you might not be able to find an apartment in manhattan you might actually have to go out to brooklyn or or up to the bronx or where wherever it might be into into one of the other neighborhoods so we before the members of staff were even employed we wanted to get a sense of during the interview process who would be ready to come to a city like new york who's here because they've been here as a tourist and they think it will be broadway shows and and watching the Knicks play basketball every other night <laughs> who's here because they know like well yes you can do those things but there's also like a lot of other elements in living in the city and and you know some of the little things that i would say are like i live in brooklyn here 
So I take the subway to get to work each day. And I, again, it's one of those things that I absolutely love New York City. So riding the subway is just part of that to me. But I know that for everyone, it's not, it's not quite the experience they want it to be. But also, it's just building that expectation because it is an adjustment. And even if you're used to riding the subway in London, where everyone was a bit more, I mean, if you, you, you think people on the subway tubes can be rude, you know, New York City can be like a, a shift in that, yes. in, that perspective, in that perspective. So but I remember when I first moved here, and I'd spent quite a lot of time here myself anyway, like staying with friends and, and having people here that I was staying with. But then after a long day of work and then getting on the subway, it's slightly different than getting on the subway to go and see the Empire State Building in the middle of a Monday mm. afternoon. So it was just about that. Do you know what you're getting into? And the things you are getting into are amazing, but they might not be as you're expecting them to be. So just to make sure that we've got a realistic understanding before people, people came out, we built it into the interview process. I ask from that is there um was there there for people who answered that in a certain way where someone who you know did it how much did it sort of count towards their interview outcome like you know if you had a really strong candidate but then their answers are a bit like oh, I, I think they could struggle here versus someone who was a you know a good interview and you thought yeah they, they're they obviously not going to tell based on purely the fact they knew new york but the sense of yeah they're, they're a good candidate and then they give you that answer. You think, hey, this person's been here. They know what it's like. I'd be very confident they'd settle in and get like the beat of the city, as you're saying. How, how did that actually then play out in your sort of actual decision-making processes? Yeah, that's a good question. So we wouldn't just do one interview. And we always want to look for the strongest candidates. And what we would then do is, in, as part of the second interview process, we would try and make it quite clear of like, look, we think you're a really strong candidate here's some of the bits and pieces that we think you might want to know. We're not saying this. We, we, we want to give you a full picture of what it's like to live here because I always feel like one of my lecturers at university told me this or told the whole cohort this and it's always kind of stuck with me. An interview process isn't just you choosing a school, uh, a school choosing you, sorry, it's also you choosing the right school. So we just want to make people aware of like, this is what it's like. Mm. And for, for any of those strong candidates, it was like, yes, like, okay, I'm ready to take that on. But then we can also feel a bit more confident that they, they're not going to turn up and go like, what? I didn't expect this. Like, nobody told me about it being like this. So, so we gave like a very full and realistic picture on what it's like. And again, you know, this, this realistic picture comes from a place of, of passion for a lot of us. When I think about the people particularly on the SLT team who worked on these interviews, is people who truly love this city um, and truly love being here and living here and calling it their home. So I think that's a great way as well that when it's people here telling them of like, like, here's a full picture of what the city's like. And if you know that going in, you can really love this and make this city such an amazing experience to live and work in. But it is knowing about the the all the cults that make the machine work and and can i ask as well when you when you did when you had those other interviews then and you were sort of sp spelling that out to people the reality did you ever did you ever sort of sense in someone a sort of 
oh god actually this does sound quite scary or a sort of that kind of not again not to put you weren't putting them off in the slightest but that the reality sort of in their eyes of like yeah you know that you say you're saying they're like coming out to your school or indeed any school around the world really is that you know that is a huge step to take and easy to think yeah yeah, i'm, I'm up for it really when someone says to, yeah but you know just remember you're gonna have to live a long way out and it, you know you've gone the subway every night or whatever it be did you get a sense of people sort of waking up a little bit? It's like, yeah, actually, this is going to be more than I bargained for, perhaps, but in a good way, but still. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's really interesting is I think that the people that did do that were the people that might not necessarily have been the strongest candidates anyway. Mm. Really interesting. And I feel like when you're working in an international school, you see this from your international applicants, especially if people have already got that experience of moving apart. Uh, moving away from the UK and living in mm. new cultures, a lot of our stronger candidates had that hunger to like kind of throw themselves in and, and give it a go, which at the end of the day, when you move into a new new city and a new country, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see someone who's there of like, you know what, like, let's take it all for what it is. It's all an experience. It's all to learn. It's all to grow and develop as a person. These are the bits that are going to make me better people and teachers along the way. So it is really quite interesting to see that the strongest candidates were also the ones that were kind of driven by what we were saying, like really excited mm. and the new experiences. Whereas a few of the ones that we were like, I feel like people would apply maybe just because they see New York and think, oh, yeah, New York. But they didn't really have that necessarily the enthusiasm and drive that we wanted to see from a really strong teacher that's going to come out and like really throw themselves into the work mm. um, so it is really interesting because like to answer your question we kind of saw that but we were kind of seeing that from the ones that might not have been strong enough to go through to the next stage of the interview Yes. Anyway, whereas the ones that were like the strong candidates were also like those good all-round strong candidates in that they could talk about curriculum they could talk about assessment but also they could talk about how they were like really excited for that new experience of living somewhere else and and being in a new community being part of a new city so it is interesting to see and perhaps you know you could say that's part of that first stage of the interview having those different parts integrated like that helps give you that full idea of the person and then a full idea of of the school in the city. Definitely, yeah. I think I think you're you're right. That idea of that is all part of it, particularly moving internationally. And you're right, and you because it's all very well and good to think, oh yeah, New York, that's exciting, or, or you know, Dubai, wow. But it's like, yeah, but you really got to think about that. And like I say, it's a, and it kind of interesting to dovetail with what who you felt were the strongest because maybe they were more sort of ready for that challenge as well. So. And I suspect, you know, I suspect there are other people listening to this who, who either do this as well and sort of think, yeah, I, I recognize that or sort of think, actually, maybe we should sort of push that a bit harder in our interviews to really get that out of people and that sense of where they want, where they actually see themselves. But if, you, if you've done that, then if you've got your, your, your new starters and you'll think, great, and they've accepted the job offer, a fantastic, you know, you've got a really strong new cohort coming in. What's, what's the next stage? And when does that sort of, you know, when does, when, how do you move that forward to make sure, again, the induction of them, you know, actually then follows through, you know, when do you start giving them information, the specifics of, you know, what do you help them with, um, you know, renting? Do you talk to them about the tax situation or, you know, talk us through a bit about that? Uh, yeah, so 
the pre-arrival stage is an interesting part of it. And our deputy head has actually done, did some background work on this and did a little bit of research to come up with some ideas and some next steps that he then put in place. And also that we work together as an SOT for going forward after this. So for that pre-arrival stage, if we've got our new candidates, we're confident that they're ready to throw themselves into New York City. We're confident that we've got ourselves some strong teachers. So for that pre-arrivals, one thing that the, the deputy head then did was he called it the buddy system. And so he buddied up the new members of staff with pre, pre-existing, uh, like... Current staff, yeah. <laughs> the, the teachers that are already here and specifically made sure that they weren't members of SLT because what he wanted to do was to connect them with other teachers so that they could get that, you know, the sense of what it was like as the teaching staff, but also to give them the kind of comfort in being able to just kind of chat and ask things that they, you know, we we wanted to just remove any any inhibitions that they may have to just kind of like ask certain things. Like, we didn't really have any specific examples in mind. Um, and when he was explaining this to me, it was more a case of, you know, you don't want to just be coming in to someone who might be line managing you because you might feel a little self-conscious about mm. asking questions. But then if you're just with a teacher, it can be a bit more like informal. You can chat and you can have a bit more of a conversation rather than just have like a list of questions of like how, what, where, when. So he set up a buddy system and he connected the new members of staff with a buddy. So it'd be like, Hi, employee A, we're going to connect you with, with employee B. And he would like CC them, them into the email and say, like, this would be your buddy. Please reach out and connect up. They've been briefed that they're going to speak with you on Zoom and you're just going to have a chat. And what then happened was the teachers that we had in the school would just follow up on that. So they would include an email just to say, like, hey, great to meet you. Um like I'm free from these times. If you'd like to send me a Zoom link, they would then connect onto a Zoom call and they would just kind of chat and they would just book a half hour slot to ask any questions or just touch base and kind of say like, you know, how do you like living in the city? Where do you live? Like what kind of things do you like to do? We felt like it felt built connection with, with certain people. And then from that, they could then go forward. That was like their their link. So any questions, ask it to your buddy. They'll help you out. If there's anything they don't know, they'll they'll link you with a member of SOT to answer the question or they'll find out to come back to you for that. And then from there, we've seen some, you know, one of our buddies even even uh, let a new arrival use their apartment whilst, whilst they were back visiting the UK. So it helped them get set up and and into the city without that stress of having to find somewhere to stay. So this pre-arrival buddy system meant that they had someone always to connect with and chat to and ask questions to. Mm. I was good. There's a lot of interesting things around buddy systems, aren't there? Because it's something that I've heard before, but I suspect it's sort of varying degrees of maturity about how places do it. It sounds like your thing is also, is it fairly new or is it something that's existed? How many years are we talking here when you said about the deputy head bringing it in? So it was something that was done a few years ago before I was here at the school, but because of the um because of COVID and the pandemic, 
it had affected things in the sense that, you know, attentions were shifted elsewhere. We had had to hire a few more local hires than we would normally do because we were having trouble. For example, um, there was like a backlog at the embassy and trying to find like new teachers. So things that kind of shifted so much in the last couple of years, it's time for us to then like regroup our ideas and think, right, what have we learned from the pandemic? What do we need to bring back? Mm. What can we use? And the deputy head had talked about this buddy system. And I know he had also done some like interviews with new arrivals from during the last couple of years, and he'd built up a bit of a picture of what could help. And he was like, well, this buddy system is something that we used to use. Again, it's, it's hard for me to comment particularly on what that looked like. So it was before my sure. time. But I'm thinking that he's put more work into making sure that this is structured a little more, um, uh, it's a bit more convenient, those new starters, in the way that directly linked with a teacher at the school and kind of set out, like, have uh, 30 minutes in catch-up, don't feel pressured to ask anything, but... Do you feel it, the opportunity to ask as many questions as you need, and and you know try to build in that that um, that approach of we're here for you, we're here to support, however you want it to be, and here's a person you can do it with. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And do you find in the way that it was set up with who they were put together with? Again, do you know like how much sort of thought went into that? Was it sort of, oh, they're in there teaching the same subject, or that they both come from the same part of the UK originally, or do you know was there any sort of thought there, or, or do people volunteer to put themselves forward? Because again, it's very easy, isn't it? I can imagine saying to run a buddy system sounds sort of yeah, that makes sense, you know, with existing staff, new stuff, great. But actually, that even that could, if that went wrong, if the, if the people didn't gel, or there was a complete disconnect, and well, I'm not doing that job, but I don't know anything about that department, and I've and that person lives way out because they have family, and it's. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you actually, how much time do you spend actually getting the buddies correct? Yeah. So, we had a meeting about it as SLT, and the idea was introduced. And we kind of looked at the, the members of staff and decided which ones we felt were the most appropriate to do it. And when I say the most appropriate, I mean, like, based on what we knew about the people arriving, we would kind of highlight which characters might click. So say things like, oh, well, this person is like, this person interviewed, they seem really like this in the way that they talked. They seem, they expressed an interest in this. Well, this person would be best for that. Mm. And also oh, this person seems like they've got like a background in such and such. Okay, let's grab this person to, to meet with them. So we whittled down from the list of staff, which ones we felt would be most suitable and, and would have the most impact and then kind of went to them and said like look we want to, to be a buddy would you be interested in doing this this is something we can do which they all agreed to and it also was a really really great idea and then what we'll do is is follow up with this after the new staff are here and settled and see how it went and if there was any ways that we can improve on it and look at for next time so we can build a full picture of how it's gone. And um, on aside from the the buddy systems, then is there any other sort of things you do and get in that in that pre-arrival stage to again smooth that induction to make sure that path in is as easy as possible? 
Yeah. So, the, yeah, that's a really good question, actually, because we've, I've, yeah. like I said, I've, I've made some notes here of like different chunks, but there's certainly some overlap as like one bit leads into the next and into the next. And after their pre-arrival, we had a bit of a meeting last week or earlier this week. And we've talked about how we can get these new uh, members of staff settled into the city and give them the understanding. So we have induction week where we've got all staff in school. And what we're actually going to do is invite all new starters in the week before. And we're going to set up a Monday morning meeting a week before that initial induction. <clears throat> and what we've done is we've come up a list of it's basically like a checklist of what to know, what to do, and how to do it. So we're going to invite everyone in morning, Monday morning, so grab some coffees and some some American pastries and drinks. <laughs> you know, get them welcomed with some sugary snacks because this is America. <laughs> and um We've come up with like a list of the stuff there because living in New York City is, um, you do have to do like, like moving to any country, you have to set up for your taxes and you have to set up a, a mobile phone and or cell phone as they call it here. <laughs> um, you have to set up all your different bits and pieces. So what we did is we come up with a list of stuff of what, what will they need to know? And there was a lot of like the really obvious stuff of they'll need to know where to get their social security number. They'll need to know how to get a mobile phone. But then we also came up with some of the more, um, maybe not the stuff that they necessarily need to know, but it's really good to know. We wanted to up that game from like, that's what would be really, really good practice here. So for example, I like one of the, one of the things I've added to that list is you can use an app here to find a doctor or and a dentist and a, the, the health care here is different than in the uk you certainly just can't turn up well, i mean you certainly can just turn up but if you did that face quite a hefty bill so we would talk through the health insurance and that was like a given but then i was adding to that well it's not just about having the health insurance let's make sure they know how to get a doctor so if they get a stomach bug at, at, after work one night and they're suddenly feeling quite poorly in the middle of the night and feel like they need to get to a doctor, let's make sure they know where to go and what to do about it because they can phone their line manager but might not be able to get hold of someone at 2 o'clock in the morning, for example. Yeah. Um, or just in that panic, it's good to know, actually, I know what to do here. So we've come up with this list and we've tried to make it quite extensive. Of, Here's the things you need to know. Here's some of the things that are really good to know. And then, so that's what we've kind of planned for... It's almost the pre-induction week induction. Yeah. So we're going to go through the list and we're going to review it again actually next week before we do it within the week after. I hope that makes sense. I'm doing yes, it for, yes. week for next week for this yeah. week. Um, and what we'll do is we'll go through them then. And again, it's going to be, it's not going to be like slides up on a board, like, right, do this, everybody. Take notes, do this, do this. It's going to be, we're going to sit around, we're going to drink some coffee and we're going to chat through these things and talk to them uh talk talk it through with them so they're kind of happy they know what to do they can bounce ideas off, off of us ask questions we can help them with with that 
um, and just give them hopefully as big an insight as possible. And the other part of this is we've been working really, really hard on a staff handbook, which is something that we like to give out during induction week. If here's an updated handbook, well, the last couple of years, our handbook has included so much stuff of COVID and that induction week has been like so much more of this is the COVID procedures. Mm. This is what we need to do. This is what the Department of Health says. This is what the CDC, Federal Health Department says. This is what we've got to do to, to make sure we hit both of them. Well, this year, we're now starting to see ourselves move back. I, I mean, I dare I say back to normal. <laughs> Um, so that handbook now, we've spent a lot of time making sure it focuses on a lot of that stuff that, that you know, that, that isn't necessarily like overwhelmed by the COVID parts of it. And we've been working really, really hard. Each of us have been doing like a little bit from home with SLT, like adding our notes to a shared document. We've come in and worked through some of those parts together. And we're aiming to have on that morning the handbook for them all to say. Look, this has got all the information in that you need. Like, read through it. Hopefully, this gives you a really good idea. This will be your like go-to guide. Of course, come to us with any questions, but we're hoping that we've got most questions answered in there already, so you can read through this guide and check it out. And in that guide, we've added some of the stuff that we might not have necessarily had before. Or certainly, like, fleshed it out a little bit about things like health insurance and. Mm and who to go to just as a bit more of a you know as we talk people through it it's like don't worry if you forget this now like it will be in here and if it's not give us a call and we'll help you out with that so that's another bit of work we've done before they've arrived so that we can kind of have a separate meeting with them before the full induction of all staff to help to get them to know the city to help get them to know some of the, the vital parts that we need when we say that, well, not we, but the US government needs when anyone starts here to work, but then also just some of those extra bits to help them out. And we specifically planned it for a Monday morning, so they've got time then. They've got plenty of time for the rest of the week to go to Social Security and get their Social Security number to think about some parts to get their um, their. Uh, healthcare app set up so they can book with a doctor if they need to. Yeah. We're going to be in as SLT all of that week as a full pre-induction week. So we're there all the time. So we can say to them, come in and we'll be here to chat and talk about things and go through stuff with you. Yeah. So that it's like an open door policy of we're here, we're, we're ready to help, use your handbook, use the information we've got, come and ask us questions. Yeah, no, that all makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot, a lot, and you, when you when you break down all the things you have to think about when you start something new, irrespective of the job itself, you know, like that's 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 a whole other thing again, isn't it? The actual job, but forget that. You've just got to deal with all these, you know, administrative things. So having that access to people who can help and, and guidance on that does seem really important. And the the other question you maybe want to ask on that last section, in in a way of of the sort of pre-arrival stuff, then is how do you do you sort of meet the people at the airport when they arrive or do you sort of send someone to meet them or does that look a bit too is that almost like too sort of 
oh my god, I've arrived and already the school is, you know, even though it's a nice thing. I mean, how do you manage that? Because I know some, I think some places do do a sort of arrival at the airport meet and greet. Do you do that or is that something you think about doing or? Yeah, in the past, that is something that we've done and we've offered. And it's actually on our agenda for our meeting next week because we've got the arrival dates for our new members of staff. And I'm sure we'll be talking about offering that out. And it, well, I'm, mm. I'd say, well, we will. We will be doing that because it's on, on our list of things to talk about. So we'll be planning that out through. It is something that we've done in the past and we certainly offer to people and usually people want someone to meet them because we can help them, you know, just jump in a taxi and yes. get where they need to be. Um, and it's just about a familiar face as well, being at the airport there. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that next week and about who arrives when and hopefully someone's like, who's free to go to this person and, and what can we do here when they arrive at this time? So, And again, is that is that the people who sort of the people volunteer for that? And is it is it, again, is that less likely to be SLT because you want to have not be that thing or in that scenario maybe is it sort of all hands to the pump and whoever can make it out to the airport at a certain time it's like yeah I can go and it might be the head teacher it might be you know a member of support staff whatever it might be how do you sort of decide who does that it will most likely be members of SLT because we're still in the summer vacation right most of our teaching staff are away they take the time to travel either within the US back to the UK to see family or elsewhere so at those points, we would prefer, preferably start with SLT as it's right. you know, like, we don't want to put it on the teaching staff during their vacation. Sure. So instead, we'll jump in, do that, and and then give up that time to go and meet them. Yeah, so you get to know the route to the airport very well, I guess, in that time. Yeah. <laughs> well, quite, quite, well, where I am, one of the trains goes straight to JFK Airport. So I literally, it's a five-minute walk. I hop on the train. I get off at the airport an hour later so it's really quick and easy for me just to yeah. shoot that way yeah. the other side well there's three airports that serve new york so you've got jfk newark which is the other side of manhattan like technically in new jersey but still part of the metropolitan area and then there's LaGuardia, which is pretty much north america mainly domestic but north america travel but I've flown through Canada to land in LaGuardia a few times because you can get some really cheap deals on flights to do that. So LaGuardia is the nicest airport, but I feel like it's the one that the least amount of international arrivals. Right. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. Interesting insights into the machinations of US airport terminal hubs as well there. So, you know, learning something even more in this forecast. But yeah, no, fascinating. I've never, I'm, I should probably say I've never been to New York. So a lot of this is all sort of like fascinating for me to hear because I thought one day I'll, I'll get out there maybe Maybe you can come and pick me up at the airport and um, show me show me the sights as well. But <laughs> not to put any pressure on you there. Uh, but it's good to know it takes an hour as well, because it's like in London, is it? You arrive at Heathrow and it's always an hour then on the tube up into central London. So we talked about a lot of good stuff here in terms of, you know, like sussing people out almost before during interview, just think they'll be a good fit. And then how you make sure they kind of settle in both with buddies, with, you know, what they need to know when they arrive, being met at the airport. Obviously, that you know, I'm not suggesting that you then go right. That's it. Everything's done. You know, wash your hands. Right, you get on with your job. We've helped you. But so, how then do you make sure that those first few weeks, months, maybe even the first year, that induction is still going on, really? And it's all very well and good to have a checkup from a sort of professional point of view of like how's the job going. But you also need to know how is life in New York going, and and you do. So, how do you manage that? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to manage that by during the induction week when all members of staff are in. 
we're going to try and build a really solid foundation on team, you know, just so basically all those parts that we've talked about so mm. far, about building the relationships with people, building their understanding of the city. So what we're planning is for that first day of induction, we're going to do a bit of a scavenger hunt around the local area. So our school, we're in a really great location in the in the Lower East Side, in the East Village. Um, so we're going to send, but we're also fairly close to some of the other districts like Chinatown and, and places like that. So we're going to get everybody out on a bit of a scavenger hunt in some little teams. And we're hoping it'll be a nice way to, to kind of introduce them to the city and the local area where they can be buddied up. And we don't want new people on the same team with other new people, but they can be with, you know, yeah. members that are already a little bit familiar. So the clues can send them off and around and, um, and just really about, again, getting to know the city a bit more, like it's a big, expansive city and we want people to become a bit more familiar with like just using the streets. And, you know, one of the beauties of New York is it's on a grid system, so you can just like follow the numbers of the mm. avenue, the streets. But it's just kind of applying that into practice with someone who's a bit more familiar with it. We've got, where we're located, we've got a brilliant rooftop which has, I mean, even to this day, I go up there sometimes and I look out and I'm like, wow, like it mm. looks incredible. You can see all the, basically you can see all the major sites from the rooftop. You can see the Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building, the MetLife Building. You can see from like, if you move over to a different corner, you can see the Freedom Tower. So we've got another activity later in the week planned for on the rooftop so that just a moment of like, look where we are, guys, like to build that excitement. So we've got, we're trying to start off by building a bit more of a stronger foundation during induction where we can build these teams. We're hoping that it actually kind of starts the week before where this is how you get used to the city. So by the time they come into induction, we they'll feel confident that they're part of the city and they kind of know what they're doing a bit more and they might feel a bit more confident that, this bit's done now i can focus on school so we can build together this teamwork of again you've got all those things in induction week that everyone needs to know like the safeguarding updates and the emergency procedures that every school around the world gets during their induction but then peppered throughout that will have things like the team building activities and these team building activities aren't just the like you know two two truths and a lie it would be let's have a scavenger hunt and go out and see some of the things around the local area let's get up on the rooftop and um put some music on and chat but like look around you look at all these amazing buildings so the first part of the answer to your question is we we're hoping that we've already started to plan out this solid foundation that we can give to people to get them settled in, in like these chunks of time, that Monday morning with the week to get those things prepared and during the induction week. And then what we're hoping is that smooth smooth start will help them to, to build up. Or there was another part of induction week as well where we've carefully planned some of the training that they might need, like phonics training, so that they use a certain, you know, phonics, the roof miskin, rewrite inks that are so 
to make sure that they're familiar and comfortable with using that. So we don't want to throw them in at the deep end. So we've got hours of time planned in to just go over it so we can take our time with it and get everybody comfortable. And then, yeah, of course, going forward, we'll look to have, we've got the line management structure set out so we can, you know, touch base with everybody and see how things are going, how, you know, how they've settled. As I said, with the the deputy head who's already done some research into this, he's actually got some some things planned in at some point that he would like to like touch base with people on or to, to follow up on that. Like I said about like for example, checking how the buddy system worked out for people, but it gives them then that time to say like, well, actually, I could do with this, or still a bit mm. unsure about that. So just knowing that we're there for them to to help and to answer questions and to continue to support them as they go. Yeah. Well, the scavenger hunt sounds like great fire. I suspect that's the kind of thing where I suppose it's going to depend isn't it, on settings, but I can imagine a lot of people listening to that thinking, well, oh, actually, we should do something like that. That sounds a lot of fun. And um, sounds like one that maybe you could um, let us know when, it, when it's done and see how it went and what the learning learnings were from that. Maybe that's when you could you could write a little kind of piece of because I think that's kind of thing where, you know, I've not heard that before. I suspect it's something people do in some places parts of the world and i suspect like i say some some places probably easier to to be able to do that and let people loose than others maybe but um but i'm sure there's no reason why certain, a lot of places couldn't do it and it, it sounds like a lot of fun and a good way to like say to learn to get to know your colleagues both your you know other new stars and existing staff and good way to learn like the, the lay of the land to the school and all that kind of stuff so um yeah that does that sounds like both fun and and useful um and interesting i, I find i mean conscious of the time here i think we should sort of you know there's a lot we've gone for a lot here but um it's very interesting stuff and i think what what strikes me as interesting as well is the way that you're saying this, you know, your deputy head especially is going to sort of, sort of it sounds like they're building up a sort of a knowledge base here and, and actually kind of sort of start to sort of drive into sort of, okay, we're doing it, but how's it actually going? Do people benefit from it? Is, is it working as it needs to work? Because I suppose that's the sort of a good takeaway, isn't it? That like these things are only as good as how they actually work. And, and it, a lot of stuff you could put in place and say, oh, well, we do X, Y, and Z, and it's great. It means it's, it's like if people turn around, if you actually ask them and they say, well, actually, I didn't find that as helpful. But what would have been helpful is this, or that bit was good, but I could have had more of it. And then suddenly, you, you as the SLT, can turn around and say, "Oh, actually, we need to strengthen some of these things." And that seems like a sort of important, you know, continuous improvement. Shall we? You know, that's the thing, isn't it? Right? And it's, it applies just as strongly here as anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think that's a really good point because you, we, you always want to look forward in teaching and education for for anything. Really, is constantly progressing and moving. And you want to move with the times and, you know, those times might be very specific in like in this example to you and your location in your area. So, you know, every, like we work really hard to put this in into place. So if there's something that doesn't work, then, you know, get rid of this bit, strengthen this bit that worked well. How can we do that? Mm. Like, you know, it's constantly being able to review and and amend and build, and I think you said it perfectly. Continuously improve. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, I think you know there'll be lots of people listening to this who are probably right in the middle of their own you know school inductions and waiting for new arrivals, and you know hopefully done some of the things you talked about or thinking about what they can do for next year to make sure it, make it even better. So, thank you so much for taking the time to share in, in what is still your summer break as well you know to take time to share with us and, and you know outline what something you're doing because i think it's so interesting for the sector to be able to hear from you know different schools in different parts of the world about different what they're doing it might not be some bits might not overlap at all and some bits maybe a little bit maybe some entirely but i think you know recently we had on someone from mongolia and ulaanbaatar 
recently we had someone at the British School of Ukraine in Kiev talking about you know how they're managing in the in the war zone. Now we've got someone in New York talking about induction. And so I love about the the podcast is we get to bring all these different voices and, and insights and perspectives and hopefully it all, it all adds to people's learnings and so forth. So as I say, thank you so much for sharing and uh, well, and good luck with it all. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. 